SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songe Zomapete on SAFM. Elise? I welcome all our listeners back, and um, it's my privilege now to introduce two of my wonderful, amazing colleagues at Cancer. Firstly, Cara, she's our Cancer's National Relationship Manager, and Sirgis, and then Zatwa Setoli, Cancer's Head of Advocacy. Welcome to the two of you, and I want to, the time is of, um, it's limited to Cara, we had a question on the, 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 the symptoms, the early warning signs of cancer. Can you quickly run through that? Yes. Thank you so much for having me, everyone. Um, and thank you, Elise, for hosting us. I think it's so important that people need to be aware of their bodies. I think that we, we know our bodies better than anyone does. I think it's so important to realize that when you do go to a doctor's office, um, you are aware that something has changed. You might have a lump. Um, there might be things changing in your body. And it's so important because we know people are ignoring things or changes because there's quite a bit of fear um, of what the outcome could be. And a lot of people tell us that they saw something, they saw a change in their body. Um, For example, they had a lot of weight loss. um, They found a lump somewhere in their body. um, They were exhausted a lot. um, uh, They had maybe a loss of memory. Um, There are so many different uh, symptoms associated to different types of cancers. So it's very difficult for for me to give a a full-on symptom um, if you're not going through a specific cancer, but the best advice I can give is that you know your body. If something has changed dramatically, if you're not feeling yourself, if things have changed, you need to go and see someone about it because we know that something can be done. It might not be cancer, but you do not have to live uncomfortably or with growths or, for example, with breast cancer months with a leaking nipple um, or a breast that has dropped um, or um, darker marks on on your breast, etc., Okay, yeah, so it is breast cancer month and, and um, breast cancer is one of the most prevalent cancers amongst women. Yes. So tell us what they need to know and, and also what cancer can do when, when they are so unfortunate to be diagnosed um, with, can, with breast cancer. The most important thing that any woman can do, um, people often say, um, so who must do a breast examination? And we say, well, if you have a breast, which is basically every woman, you need to do a breast examination monthly. A week after your period, it is so important. Um, you've got anti-clockwise around the breast, going in towards the nipple, as well as under the arm and in the armpit. And it is so important that you as a woman get to know your breast because you are the one that will be able to pick up a change or something different. As I did mention earlier, we have women that have leaking nipple. If you're not breastfeeding um, or you're in your late 40s, there's definitely no need for this. Some women will have a nipple that will retract and go back in again. That is something that wasn't there yesterday. We have women who have um, definite um, skin discoloration. Um, the, the skin almost goes like an orange peel. Um, the breast will drop. Um, almost like sores within the breast. There are so many things that women are facing. They know that something's not right and they don't tell anyone. They yeah. don't go to a clinic and they don't see a GP. So please, it's oh. so important because if you have been examining your breast for three or so months and you pick a lump up under your arm or, or something different, 
there's so much more that can be done for you if you are more aware. On that point, Cora, sorry to interrupt you there, Elise. I mean, I understand, of course, you're talking to women because breast cancer is quite prevalent. But as a male figure, um, and I'll use a personal example just so that nobody feels necessarily uncomfortable about this. When I was 18, my stony at the time was part of what many would understand as what a body goes through in puberty for a male figure. My stonies were growing, which are my breasts equivalent, but they just didn't stop, at least on my right chest wall. I had to have an excision of that lesion. But one might notice, as I am now, that the left chest wall similarly has a growth that, well, I don't know now what to compare it to. Is it just something normal because my body is suddenly slowing down with its metabolism? Or is it something that I should be worried about? Bearing in mind, I don't know what would be a marker for me to be worried. I'm asking this question in relation to whilst we may be aware, may being the operative word, in relation to what women are to look out for, what should men equally look out for in the same region? Well, you see, a lot of the symptoms would actually be the same. Um, And with a man, because normally you would have less fatty tissue, it would actually be a little bit easier to see just because of the the genetic makeup of a woman's breast. But again, if it is something that you are concerned about and, and there is a change now that wasn't there maybe a few months ago, then it is important that you should go and check that out, especially because you have had a previous history where you've had to have something yeah. removed previously. That's so right. it is all about being aware. And, it's, and I think the reason you're asking the question yeah. is because it's a concern and we can't ignore that concern. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean there is something. Yes, um, you know, uh, to to fill on the the signs of male breast cancer, it's also a lump or a thickening in the breast tissue. Yes, Mm. I mean, as a woman, it's also the lump increasing in size and and becoming painful or the skin that's covering the breast um, is starting to turn orange or another color. And then, yeah, occurrence of dumb dumplings or um, so many, many similar to to um, to women. It definitely is. Um, but the most yeah. important thing and is that you pick something up. That's the most yes. important thing. And and I wonder whether we can just now um, expand a little bit because that was a question on how do we help the, how do we help patients and um that's why you can also come in here there was um uh, a lady who was referring to not giving not being satisfied with um the response of treatment centers um you know wrong diagnosis and so on so um yes can can you respond to that uh, good evening to the uh, listeners. Uh, I'm sorry I missed that question, uh, Elise. But, uh, so, so can you repeat it, uh, Elise, the question that the lady, she asked? Sorry. She was referring to um, not being um, satisfied with the response of the, of the healthcare system. There was um, a not correct diagnosis or the light in treatments and eventually that, as we know, can, can lead to the spread of cancer. So what can patients do? If family or patients are not happy, how can cancer assist them? Thank you for that question. So at the end, just before the, the show ends, I'll give you the contact details. So you can contact us and we will escalate your your, 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 your problem with the Department of Health. So 
I'll give you the contact details, then you can contact us, send an email or phone us, then we will really contact that particular facility, then we will get back to you with the information. That's our role as the cancer advocates, uh, just to speak on behalf of our patients and the public. All right. And and Carla, um other support that we that we render, I've already spoken to, about our care homes and our TRCs and our counselling lines, especially also breast cancer, wild breast cancer month. What can you tell the public what cancer's got available, how we can further assist? Well, I think obviously being in COVID times now, um, this is really where the um the telecounseling line has actually become so important because we know that cancer patients aren't really moving around. They're under quite strict instruction to limit um, um, visiting people to really, really strict social distancing, even if it's level one. Um, they're on strict, strict guidelines from oncologists to go from treatment facilities and straight home. And what we, we are knowing now is that obviously the blessing of our telecounseling line being in seven languages, which are English, Afrikaans, um, we are really so grateful that we can offer this. And I think just a, a bit more detail here, Lisa, is that it's not only for the cancer patient, which is obviously a priority for us, but as you did mention earlier, uh, uh, it's also there for the family members to call in. So just to give you yeah. a little bit more detail, uh, you can contact us via email at counseling at cancer, cansa.org.za, okay. or you can call us on oh, no. 800-2266, and you can actually call to make an appointment. And because uh, it's run yeah. by social workers, you'll receive four to six uh, sessions of counseling for you and your family members okay. at no charge to you. Okay. Um, and with my dear listeners, we are now taking a short um, bra- uh, advertisement break, and we'll be back soon. On SAFM. Welcome back to everyone. Um, yes, um, I think one thing that we can all say is when COVID entered our lives this year, it turned the whole world upside down. And um, maybe we can just maybe also tell our our listeners how cancer swiftly responded um, and still was there for all our cancer patients. We know that our cancer patients, their immune systems are, um, um, are they are much more susceptible uh, for infections and for other diseases. So maybe that well. And, and Cara, you can just inform our public also to give them the assurance that even during COVID times, that cancer is there. So if you could, we haven't got much time, so if we can just quickly um, maybe tell us on the information that well that you have to work on and Cara also um, some of our virtual offer, uh, you know, offerings that's available for patients and families when they are weary of social distancing. Is that what? I will start then. I will start then. Um, yes, so we have really had to go and think out of the box and get more digital to really, um, uh, really help patients have more access to services that they would normally have physically, like the support groups that Lisa mentioned, like coming to the office for consultations. For months, we couldn't do any of that. So we have to be quite creative. Something new and exciting that we've just launched now is uh, something called an iSurvivor program. It's actually been with us for 10 years. It's an email support program that you can email on iSurvivor.org.za, and it's a really fantastic program over 16 weeks 
encouraging you and supporting you through your journey of cancer. We've just now gone and launched a metastatic breast cancer version of it to really also be there for breast cancer patients with a more complicated kind of long-term cancer that need more specialized support. Okay. We've got a caller um, from Durban. I think it's Akile, if I've heard her name correctly. Indeed. Um, you Sa- want to pose a question? Sakile. Yes, yes. Um, can you hear me? We can, yes. so go ahead, please. Yes. Oh, yes. I, I just wanted to add to the doctor um, what are the chances of keeping your, your fertility intact as a man after you've had uh, a treatment of uh, prostate cancer? Ruling out that you had surgery of any germs involved. I mean, when your prostate and your terminal vesicles and your other glands are still intact, maybe you had radiation or something. What are the chances of, of you being able to conceive? Thank you, Zonazo. I'm going to hand this over to Zotwa, who is a clinical nurse. Um, Zotwa, is it, um, can you respond to that um, question? Okay, no thanks, uh, Elise. Sakila, thank you for your question. Uh, it's not an easy one. My advice, Sakila, is to, is to consult your your oncologist or the doctor who's treating you because, you know, it differs, uh, you know, from different patients. So I would highly recommend. I don't want to say something which really... um. Not sure. I think the best person to give you an advice is your oncologist, Sakile. Okay. I think that's good advice. Every patient is so very individual. Um, so that would be, be maybe the best um, way to go with it. All right. Um, yes, um, and, and just then also... Um, Cara, you've touched on our aesthetic breast cancer, the I Survive program. It's online. You've also got our normal I Survive program. Um, so, Cara, is there more things that you just want to to offer to the public um, before we... I think it's nearly time to wrap up. Um, yes. Um, Elise, can I come... Sorry, can I come in here? I, I don't know if I can just touch on the... A cancer booklet uh, to manage cancer patients' yes. pain at home. Yes, that's such yes. an important um, I think it, um, managing pain at home. Yeah. Yes, thank you. We are so pleased as Cancer Association of South Africa to share the release of two booklets, the Cancer at Home Pain Guide for both adults and children. This will help patients and their families or caregivers and actually what happens, we normally get uh, phone calls, patients and the caregivers worried about the patient uh, at home, uh, complaining of pain, not able to sleep. It's so important to have your pain uh, managed. It's your human right to have your pain controlled. You don't have to enjoy, uh, uh, enjoy pain because you've got cancer. So it's a human right to have your pain and manage. I just want to talk about this uh, uh, booklet. You know, it will really help the families and the patient. And the booklet covers pain management for others, for both uh, children and uh, for both children and others. And it's it's really in a user-friendly manner that helps simplify a normal, complicated process. 
It presents a mix of diagram, pain, identification chart, and simple tests and images to guide patients and other others through understanding and management of pain. I'm a palliative care trained nurse, so I know how is it for the family and the patient to go through pain. So it covers topics like why do you want to treat pain and needs about pain? You know, like if patients have been uh, on morphine, people that have many beliefs about morphine, that they're going to be addicted and they're going to have so many complications. So it deals with the myth about pain and what is causing your pain and what you do if you have pain and generous guidelines in using pain medication. Topics like using oral morphine, how much and when to take your morphine, how to measure uh, out a dose of morphine, and the side effects. Uh, my personal story, I've lost my sister through breast cancer. I know at uh, that time, I, I mean, I wasn't uh, trained as a palliative care nurse. I know how she suffered. She used to take medication incorrectly because she was scared that she's going to be addicted and she was also worried about constipation. So she will just uh, take a half a teaspoon. Sisodwa, so, sorry to interrupt you. Sisodwa, I, I don't want to interrupt this story unnecessarily, but at this time I do simply because it's 21 hours, it's time for news. I propose that after the break you continue telling us this your personal experience in relation with your sister and we'll also give Kara as well as Elise an opportunity to wrap up the segment. We will take it immediately after the news until about 10 past, at which time whatever the discussion is at a 10 past, we will have to end it. For now it's time for news, please. Greg Host, good evening. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. The Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. On the viewpoint. We are fortunate to be in conversation with Ms. Elise Hubert, CEO of the Cancer Association. She, of course, is the host. Slightly into this hour because we simply couldn't end it where we were in the previous hour. Zodwa Sitola, head of, pol- head of advocacy at Cancer as well, she was still on the mic giving us some of her perspectives, particularly the personal story that concerns her sister in relation to the fight against cancer, as well as closing remarks yet to come from Cora Noble, National Relationship Manager at Cancer. All of this in the next four or so minutes, please, ladies. Let's get right through to it then. Zodra, please carry on from where you left off. Okay. No, thank you. So, uh, she didn't have a pain control. She wasn't educated on how to deal with the, the, the side effects of morphine. So, um, I'm really advising every listener here that be sure to discuss with your oncologist the following things. Your pain, if your pain is not controlled, talk to your psychologist. You have the side effects from the pain medication. Talk to him about it. You are worried about becoming addicted to pain medication. 
also talk to your psycho- uh, oncologist. You would like to discuss more options to pain, uh, to manage your pain. And also, you would like to discuss other sources uh, of distress because it was a really painful journey for my sister and us as a family. I remember when the pain comes, she will hold the mattress and try to lift it up and said, I cannot take this pain. But when you, you ask her to take the morphine, she will say, I'm scared to get addicted. And that's why as Cancer Association, we are advocating for the health professionals to be trained on pain management, on palliative care. As a nurse, I couldn't help my sister. I mean, I had the, all the qualification you can think of, but you know, if the nurses, they can train on pain management. So I would have managed also to help my sister if I was, because on during my training, it was like really, I don't remember being taught about how to deal with the pain. So the only thing we were taught when the patient is like dead, that how do you close the eyes and make sure that the, the mouth is, uh, is, is, is closed. So there was no process, you know, on saying, if the patient is complaining of pain, do one, two, three, and four. So as Cancer Association, we are advocating for all the health professionals to be trained on palliative care, to be trained on pain management, because palliative care is the part of cancer care. Yes. Thanks, Dr. Wong. And yes, um, Carla, before I say the final word, <laughs> something final from your side? Um, yes, something very exciting. Cancer has a partnership with um, Roche for this month, and we've launched a really exciting campaign called um, um, but, uh, basically focusing on breast cancer support services. So we are calling out to the doctors and the nurses and the caregivers at home, and the sisters, and brothers, and the wonderful people out there. Um, we know that during lockdown, the doctors, they've been working crazily to do their best for patients, and we are at in such an incredible um, opportunity where we have launched the hashtag Behind Every Patient Partnership, where every um, breast cancer patient that nominates um, uh, an oncologist, a doctor, um, a brother, a sister, a husband, someone that has played a social worker, an incredible role in their journey um, of breast cancer. Cancer received a 25-hour donation to help us keep on doing all this incredible work that we've been mentioning for the past hour. So if that is anyone here that has had a wonderful experience, you are a breast cancer patient, and you know that they are an incredible team that have been part of your journey um, to, to wherever you are, then please nominate them and hashtag, um, hashtag behind every patient. Um, and then and we will see your post and then, yeah, that means that we get a donation to keep on helping more breast cancer patients and more cancer patients in general in South Africa. Okay. Thanks, Cara. Yes, and, I, and then a final word from me. I just want to assure the public that cancer is there with the aim that no patient or any of their loved ones have to face a cancer journey alone. We are there to support you every step of the way. So please make contact with us. I know there's a lot of questions. Um, We've got all the experts. Um, We can connect you with them. We can help you. We have the resources. Please make contact with us. 
after this evening. If there's any any assistance that we can give you, we will be sure we will be we will be giving that. So no one has to walk this journey alone. And I thank you so much for the opportunity to see where to this evening. I've informed the public briefly on the services of cancer. As you can hear, we went over the time because there's so much to share. And they haven't shared half of it, but uh, yeah, maybe in another time. But Fantastic. I want to thank every, every member of the public who's been supporting cancer in whatever way, by be it by just offering your expertise and your free time to, to, as a volunteer. Elise, you're going to be cut off. You're going to be cut thank off. Thank you for that. Excellent. Thank you so much.